0: you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and today's guests are from an establishment centered around what seems to be a simple food item, and that is The Humble Bagel. And with a name like The Bagel Bin, you immediately know what this place is, but you might not understand the impact that it has had on America's culinary history. But that's what we're going to get into today, because we have the owner, Sue Brizak, and her granddaughter, doer of all the digital things and keeper of the family secrets, yes, that is what I was told to introduce her as, Christina Randall. Guys, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Okay, now let's start off from a high level. No city as, is as synonymous with bagels as New York, which is where you're from, Sue. Correct. What is it about the New York-style bagel that makes it different and makes it special in your mind?
1: It used, to, it used to be said that it was the water. Is that true? I don't know. We, ours are as good if not better. We use Omaha water. Of course there was two water systems in Omaha it comes from two different areas now my husband did a research on it so where we are located is the water he so calledly said he needed and that's where we are so
0: so there's something to the
1: I guess it the is the New
0: York water because that's the thing in pizza as well they always say New York pizza is so much better because of the water but right.
1: I don't know if somebody just start that and everybody's gone with it. They just grabbed it and went with it. I don't know.
0: Well, I think in doing some research before this, like there were a lot of articles I found that said people like to talk about the water, but it's actually the boiling process that is the real differentiator. That's what keeps that inside nice and chewy. Can you guys kind of talk about that process and, um, and how it makes just such an incredible product?
1: Well, if you, if you take the bagel and you put it on a, an aluminum tray and you bake it in the oven, it stays soft. But dropping it into the water and boiling it brings the gluten to live, and that's what puts your, your shine onto the bagel, and it makes it nice and crisp on the outside. Too many bagels that are out there on the market today are through the new production, and they've, they've just learned that they can steam them, not boil them. They can steam them. And it becomes a roll. It's not an actual bagel.
0: So what what is the steaming versus boiling? What is that? What's the difference in those two that makes one hard and dense and bringing the the gluten out? Okay, which is
1: very important into it. We've had a lot of requests. Would we make a gluten free bagel? Well, no, we won't because it's not a bagel.
0: It's not (laughs) not a true
1: bagel. It might be shaped like a bagel, but I mean, it's like well we won't bring out any names um i was told not to do that um uh some some of them say we we have the authentic bagel and i mean we've we've tried almost anybody that has it we tried it and it's like no, this is not this is a soft roll <laughs> it's good but it's a roll bagels have to be hard and crunchy on the outside and chewy for the inside
0: okay see this this is what i love about having conversations like this is already we're less than 5 minutes in and we're getting into right. like the science of a bagel I think most people just see a bagel and they think it's like one of the most simple food items it's circular bread but when you get into it there's so much more to unearth there so I kind of want to just lay out the red carpet like what is it like what intricate details are we missing about bagels about the cooking process about just how how special they are what separates them from bread like maybe what are some yeah, what, what are just the intricacies of bagels well, that know, make people special? Well, you
1: know, people have gotten recipes out of the cookbooks. Oh, we're going to make bagels at home. That's our day today. We're going to do it. So they mix up the batter, and they shape them up, and then they drop them into the boiling water, and Lord and behold, they have themselves a chocolate kiss. It comes up to a point, it's hooked, and they're like, I don't understand this. And it's the fact that once the bagel is made... It needs to sit and rest for 24 hours. The yeast comes back down again, and we test it by by dropping it into water. If it, when it sinks to the bottom, depends on how long it takes to come up to the top, which means the yeast is now being activated, and you need that. If you get it activating too fast, it closes the hole, and you got this this peak at the top, and it looks like a, a chocolate kiss. <laughs> 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 they taste okay, but they're just they don't look like a bagel.
0: Christina, what was it like for you, like growing up in this and just always being immersed in learning about bagels and yeast and gluten and all this stuff? Is this just like a secondary part of your life?
2: Um, It really was a privilege growing up um, having such a family owned and operated business because it really I was 12 years old and I'd walk from middle school at beverage to the bagel bin and help make hamantash and cookies and stuff, you know, during the holiday And, you know, even in high school and stuff, closing the bagel bin, um, it's really neat to see our family come together to create such um, a business that touches many lives. Um, I love hearing stories from people about them coming in and generations of kids coming in. Um, So it's been really neat to kind of learn. I, I didn't get my brother, on the other hand, he was back there baking and stuff. But I did more of the front counter help with grandma and cooking and baking and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's a blessing to our family. She grew up in the bagel bin.
1: when she was small and they drop her off.
2: If when her mother was going to school,
1: we'd stick her in one of the bagel baskets out in the back with a blanket inch. That's where she'd stay while we were doing our business because Mm -hmm. we were all there. You just worked all the time. And so it was like, yeah, we'll stick her in a basket, put a basket, and like, put a towel in there, and she'll be fine. <laughs> like a miniature playpen, <laughs> yeah.
0: And
2: she was, look like, oh, how good she turned out. Everybody <laughs> should
0: grow up in the bagel Perfect. bin. yeah.
2: I well, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've all had our hand in the bagel bin business. You know, Scott and Dave have another brother, Glenn, who is in construction, so when the bagel bin burnt down in 2010, he had his hand in creating and designing what it currently looks like now. Um, and I've cousins that have worked at the bagel bin um so it really uh it's just everyone's involved i feel like in it so to still be involved now on a different aspect of it helping the family has been really fun
0: speaking of dave and scott i can't remember which of them it was one one of them was doing a tv interview with you that i watched that the, would be
2: david,
0: D- david it, it'll okay. always be yeah. david okay. doing
1: any promo stuff. scott is not one that gets in front of the camera he no. can't do this
0: he just yeah. Okay, David <laughs> yeah. was doing an interview with you, and he said that you guys make 300 to 500 dozen bagels a day, yep. which I, <laughs> it, when I first heard that, I heard 300 to 500 bagels, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good, and then I was like, wait, and I rewind it, and it was 300 to 500 dozen, <laughs> so to be clear, that's between 3,600 and 6,000 bagels a day, how is that possible? <laughs> If you come up on a
1: Saturday or a Sunday
0: after 9 o'clock
1: and you're standing in line, you'll understand why we go through so many. <laughs> I mean, the people just keep coming in. And we do our wholesale. Yep. We do have wholesale. But um, the business that comes in through the front door, is um, it's kind of overwhelming at times. It really is. But it's, it's nice. Everybody stands in line and nobody gets all bent out of shape because they're waiting in line and they kind of know what's to come. You know, that when their turn comes... That, that one employee takes their time with that customer and gets them what they need to have.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to note that you guys, you provide bagels to 30 to 40 businesses throughout the area. We're talking right. schools, hospitals, hotels, all kinds of stuff. So right. people might be out there eating Bagel mm-hmm. Bin products and yes. they don't even yeah. realize it until they come into the shop. They're like, yeah. hey, this is kind of familiar. Yeah. But I think that what you just described is something that's very unique in that I think and this is unfortunate, but I think restaurants are places where people get impatient yes, very quickly. And maybe it's just being hungry or hangry, whatever it might be. But the bagel bin is one of those places where it does seem like there's a greater patience. People will show up and hey, yeah. if there's a line, okay, I understand it. I'm still, I'm just going to wait in line. I'm not going to go crazy. Well, then they
1: start talking to whoever's standing behind them, and they'll, they'll say, oh, I didn't know they made that. Oh, where did that come from? I mean, they'll look at food that's being put out, and they're like, what is that? Oh, I need to try that. So, I mean, there there's people interacting with people also while they're there. So,
0: is, do you think that's what it is? It creates that patience? That Yeah. There's, there's,
1: it's like I, cheers. It's like cheers. It's like mm-hmm. cheers? It's like cheers. You know, the old cheers? Yes, of course. I and we're kind of, everybody knows everybody there. They really do. I mean, you come there and people at this table are talking to people over here and their families and I mean it's nice to go out and listen to them talk and kind of get involved in their conversations too.
0: Well I think another part of it as well is you've got that giant display case like right (laughs) as the line you know as as the line kind of winds around before you get to the register you've got 17 different flavors of bagels going on plus donuts and cakes and pastries and all this stuff you've got different types of bread, like is you're in line and i know this because this happened to me is you're in line trying to like decide what you're going to get you just have so much fomo your eyes are just like ping-ponging back and forth between all these different bagels then by like all of a sudden the line is gone and it's right. your turn you're just like oh no i have no idea what i'm going to order so i think part of it is just there's so much selection and there's so much to try and take in that right d- there's always something interesting there yeah uh Among those 17 types of bagels, you have savory options like the Super Onion, Asiago, Everything Seasoning. Then you've got sweet ones as well, like Cinnamon Crunch, Chocolate Chip, Cherry. Are you constantly adding to and tinkering with that menu, or is that pretty well established at this point?
1: Right now, I think we're to our standpoint. We we don't have any more room to put any more. I mean, a lot of the ones we've made from when we first opened— we have like doubled in the amount that we make are by suggestions of people saying, "Who have you ever tried to do this? And it's like, no, but I'm going to go back and talk to them and I'm going to let them know. I said, you know, we're not a corporation that we have to deal with the head office. It's us. So if we can make something you like, let's give it a try. And I mean, we've done this even with our cream cheese spreads when they say, Oh, you know, this would be really good. Let's give it a try. And most of them have been a success.
0: What's your is there like an example of that that pops the the front of your mind?
1: We had a lady that came in and said, um, I love green olives. Have you ever thought of cutting up green olives with the pimentos in them and putting them in cream cheese?" And I was like, um, no, but let us try it." We sell so much of that. People are like it's that sweet and and salty taste that you get. And it's it's just if you like olives, it's yep, and it's a good it's a good seller.
0: Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm yeah. I wish I can do that. Come oh. into Bagel Bin and say, "Hey, see that cream cheese? That was my idea." But yeah. I'm not creative like this woman was. Yes. Do you guys have a personal favorite bagel of all the ones on the roster?
2: I'm going to get some hate for this, but I I just like a plain bagel with plain cream cheese. I mean, but there's no hate. No hate <laughs> so, whatsoever. So simple, you know, but I also love, you know, a pizza bagel and egg mitt. and our egg salad is phenomenal. So, yeah. I mean, when they venture out. But if I'm running in Just a plain bagel with plain cream cheese is enough for my taste buds. (laughs) You know, there's that's why there's such a a variety
1: because different people like different things. Right? Not everybody's the same.
0: What's your favorite?
1: Everything bagel with tuna salad.
0: I t- haven't t- had it with tuna salad, but yes, just the everything bagel itself is a delight. You know, people,
1: people say to us, what do you put into your egg salad? So we used to laugh. We used to say cocaine. It becomes addicting. <laughs> <laughs> then we said, oh, we better not start saying that. <laughs> but it's, you say to them, it's simple. Mayonnaise, cream, mayonnaise, eggs, and celery. That's it. How much plainer can you get to make a good egg salad? Same for the tuna. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. So we don't, you don't get too ex- – you find too many people are allergic to onions – and, you know, certain, certain products you have to watch because there is so many people with allergic reactions that you you have to keep things separate. And when we put peanut butter on some of our things, we, we make sure it's on a piece of paper because there are kids that are allergic to peanuts. So if they get a bagel, then, and we really like it when the customer will say, ooh, my child's allergic to peanuts. Okay, we'll take care of that. We make sure that we cut it on a separate board and we take care of it because don't want to be the fault of some child having a reaction. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's go back to the very beginning. Okay. Sue, you and your Way husband. Way back, huh? You, we're going back. <laughs> Way. <laughs> uh, back to 1977 when you and your husband Joel moved here um, okay. to Ooma- Omaha uh, with your three sons. What brought you here?
1: Well, my parents lived here. Okay. And I originally lived here. I went to school here in Millard. Uh, went to New York because I wanted to go to the big city. I needed to get out of the farm town. Then I got there and I hated it. <laughs> but um, we'd come every year to visit my my parents, and the routine was on Sundays. You got up in the morning, and my husband would go to the bagel bin, go to go to the bagel shop, which in New York on every corner there's a bagel shop and a Bialy shop. And he would pick up our breakfast, and we'd have that. Well, we came here, and he had said to my parents, you know, uh, where do I find the bagel shop? And they're like, there is no bagel shop here. And he's like, what? Well, we did that for a couple of years, and then something in his head said this is what he thought Omaha needed, and we had a cookie franchise uh, that he was working for, FFV, in New York, and he just one day came home and said, we're moving, and I said, oh, really? And where do you think we're moving to? (laughs) Because we just built this house of ours. And he said, we're going to Omaha, Nebraska. And I said, oh, my parents will be happy, but what are we going to do, Joe? (laughs) And he says, I think we're going to open a bagel shop. And I was like, oh, okay. So him and his friend, childhood friend of his, came to Omaha, scoped it out, started getting some ideas, came back. Went to uh, one of the bagel shops locals and talked to them. And he did um, like an internship there. He would go there and work there. In the meantime, I came back here to Omaha with a friend of mine. And I met up with a very good, oh, what would he be? He would have been a customer. I worked at Highland Country Club years ago. And he was a, a, um, a member there. And he, was, he owned a business here in Omaha, a very influential business. And I said, I know a gentleman that I can talk to. Let me go talk to him and see what his feelings are about bringing this business to Omaha. And um, that was Laser Cabbage. Is it Omaha Office Supplies? I think it is. Uh, and he did all the uh, desks and chairs for offices and all their supplies. Came and met him, and we went out to lunch with um, another fine gentleman, uh, Art Adler, who had Adler Adler's Bakery here and uh, worked with Marigold Bakery. Uh, we sat at lunch, and we talked about is this a feasible thing? Is this something that we might be able to do this? Can we make it a go here? Would the Jewish community stand behind us? Because it's a staple of the Jewish community. And so they all thought, this would be a very good idea. I said, now this is the location my husband has picked that if we're going to do this, he thinks this would be good because we were right up the road from the synagogue. We had the high uh, the uh, the junior high school. We had the Catholic church on the other side. Bring it all in. We had the Jewish community center on 132nd. And would they back us? And so we made a couple more trips and talked to these people, and they were all willing. They were all like, we would definitely back you, and this is what we need to do. And we said we wanted to make it kosher. Keep it kosher because there was no other kosher place in Omaha. This was it. So we went back to Omaha and put our house up for sale and threw everything into a truck and moved here to Omaha. Moved into my parents' basement because we couldn't afford a house. Now, now all of our all of our assets went into getting this business started. So, um, it was it was tough the first couple of years as to was it going to make it or not. And um, we did a um, we met up with uh, Abe Baker, and his idea was, I think this is an awesome idea. I want you to do demos in my supermarket. I want you to explain to the people in the Cornhusker Belt with the beef what a bagel is and so I recruited my mother who had the gift of talk and gab you know where I get it from
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and we sent her to all their different stores wherever he had a store and she we would give out big sales on them. she would explain what to do to it how to make it what it should be and that was probably our best start ever
0: so we're, we're talking late 70s early 80s here did did I mean I was born in the 90s. Did Omaha just not understand what a bagel was at all? Not
1: really. Not really. Wow. Omaha was very small then. It was a, it was a very well-kept secret. It really was. I'm sorry it was. It's it has grown so large and it is. It's like exploded. It
0: really has. So as you're, you know, your husband is talking about, "Hey, I want to open up a bagel shop in Omaha." And you're coming back and you're doing your research and you're talking to people and you're starting to get a sense that, "Okay, I know that bagels are awesome but this place doesn't know what a bagel is yet i mean i'm sure there's like this mix of opportunity and fear there where you you can see hey there's potential if these people get it and understand it there's a market right but if they don't get it we're in trouble then we're in trouble like what what were (laughs) what was the balance of those emotions like for you
1: i'd be living in my mother's basement for up until now
0: (laughs) that's where my kids would be
1: (laughs) yeah but um and it was hard. It, I have to say that it was hard work because we were there probably 18 hours a day. We are we brought our kids up there. They were younger then. We had to split up who was taking them to school, who was bringing them back, who was going to take them to their appointments and their Hebrew lessons. And um, it just there were times when they were sleeping up uh, up there on the flower bags. We had stuff we had to get done. I mean, we were getting up and going into work at 2 o'clock in the morning, and thank goodness for my parents that they were able to stay with the kids. So, um we worked it. You 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 did what you had to do, and you just continued doing it.
0: So, at what point did you start to see things turn a little bit, where there was that recognition? Omaha started to figure out what bagels were and what you were doing was special. Well, it
1: was probably after the first year that we started getting return customers, and then people started you know giving us ideas. And my husband also had a gift to gab. So wherever he went, he always had a bag of bagels with him. So smart
0: grill he would, marketing.
1: He, he would walk in and he'd give him a a dozen bagels and our menu and say, you know, if you're looking to put this into your establishment, give me a call. We'll talk wholesale prices. And uh, he sat down and had all of his wholesale prices set up. And then slowly we added different, I mean, I think when we opened, it was probably only eight or nine flavors we had. They were just the basics, you know, what they have in New York. You just didn't do these other things. And then we were asked to uh, start making challah. And so one of the uh, bakers came and taught us how to make the challah. I was like, eh, I always bought that challah. I never braided it. And we all learned how to braid. I think all my kids, my boys, they can braid girls' hairs like crazy now. I mean, they just, in their sleep, they're, they're braiding. And we made large halas for people. So it was little things like that that added to what brought the people into us. So we just kind of took one step at a time. You get one done and add something else to
0: it. For the record, your challah bread is absolutely excellent. Thank you. And thank you. especially so when turned into French toast, which I believe, oh, yes. I believe mm-hmm. Christina, yep. you suggested that to me. Yeah. So thank you for that. you welcome. I owe you one. <laughs> we, uh,
1: got, we got featured with um, Fiddler on the Roof when it was here in town uh-huh. because we made all the challah that they used for it. We donated that all. Really? Yes, yes. So we got a great big write-up and a pat on the back for that, which
2: was nice. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Well, that's fascinating.
2: Yeah, many of the actors said they weren't used to kosher establishments being, you know, providing the challah and stuff. So that was really neat with Omaha Performing Arts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So we made a lot of contacts
1: with people that I don't think normal people do. I really don't. You know, it's like, who gets to meet these people? You, you, you'll you go to a play and, uh, okay, did you guys go to the play? No. David David went. Yeah. Did your mom and dad Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had said, it was great. That, that was the best play. And they, they kind of don't remember it from when we were in New York and saw Fiddler on the roof, So,
0: Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it, beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. The thing that I love that you keep bringing up is relationships and that you're, you're going out into the community and giving people bagels, you're donating hollow bread you know, to this play, you're being very intentional about getting out and getting the product in front of people. Do you think that was the key to the success of bagel Ben? is just making sure just creating that awareness at every step of the way and trying to build relationships where someone is not only going to eat this and say, Hey, this is good, but they're going to think, you know what? That person who gave it to me was pretty awesome too. Yeah. I need to tell more people about this.
1: I had a gentleman that came in on Saturday. Saturday was a little slow because of the heat, which we understood. So it was probably just prior to us getting ready to close, and all my kids were getting everything cleaned up, and he came in and he ordered a California Delight. And he stood there for a while kind of looking around. And um, So I came out, and I was starting to get the trays of the, the donuts and everything that were left, and so I said, have you been waited on? And he said, yes, I have. As a matter of fact, I ordered a California Delight. And I said, oh, good choice. You'll like that. He said it looked good. So I said to him, hey, how would you like a cinnamon roll for it tomorrow? And he said, well... And he looked over at the case, and he says, well, I said, okay, let me do this again. How would you like a free
0: cinnamon <laughs> roll? Because it's either
1: you take it home and eat it in the, break- in the morning, otherwise I'm going to throw it in the garbage. Now, would you want to see that beautiful cinnamon roll go in the garbage? Well, if you put it that way, I said, okay. So I gave it to him, and he said, this is the first time I've been here. This place is awesome, and you people oh. are also. And I said, thank you very much. That's so sweet. But I said, no, I want you to enjoy the mm-hmm. cinnamon roll. And he said, oh, I will. I will.
0: Well, I, I remember that from the first time I came in to the second time, the same person took my order and she remembered what I had ordered the first time and was like, oh, how did you like the, oh, I don't even remember what it was, the apple cinnamon bagel or whatever last time. And I was just, I was like blown away. I was like, <laughs> you've probably had... A thousand customers between the last time I was in here and the first time, and she recognized me. And that was like, it's just that little personal touch that it's seemingly so simple, but it makes such a big difference to a customer. Yeah.
1: We tell our customers, a lot of my girls, especially in the morning for the guys for breakfast, will come in. When they see the car pull up, they've already pulled the bagel, sliced it, thrown it in the toaster. They come in, they get their coffee, they put it down. And we've always told them, now if you decide you're going to change, you tell us today. (laughs) not tomorrow we will change with you (laughs) so yeah
0: um i i I, I, oh sorry go ahead did you have more to say yeah um, go for it
1: the people in omaha they're how do you say it you know okay new york people now that i was there like 12 years they're kind of rude people that's just how they're bred i mean they're they give the wrong directions uh they they don't really want to interact with you at all they're just all into themselves here in omaha everybody likes everybody else they're always willing to do for you and i think that's kind of what's what's nice about it you know they everybody likes to talk to everybody else oh
0: it helps when there's good people to talk to there
2: is that's right and we really rely a lot on word of mouth we don't advertise really so making those personal touches like we want you to go tell people because we that's how we get the word out. And that's how we bring in new customers and new faces.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think it's really important. So I kind of want to get back into it. It's just the, the theme of family and that how family is just a part of bagel bins DNA. Like not, not only, uh, is is it David and Scott, your sons, like you mentioned, but it's third generation Christina sitting here. You know, it's all kinds of kids, grandkids running all over the place. How important is it to you that family is like interwoven into the DNA of Bagelbin?
1: I think it's very important, very important, because we wanted to carry on. I mean, I hope someday I do retire. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to think of that day um, and to make sure that it's carried on and that they enjoy what they're doing. And I mean, I will say almost all my customers know who my grandchildren are, because first of all, as little kids, they ran through the store screaming and yelling. And everybody accepted it. That's the grandkid, and now I've got great grandchildren. But for it, it, I mean, most parents. Now, when I was growing up, my father worked at SAC Headquarters. There was no interaction there. He went to work, he did his thing, he came home. We didn't talk about his role because he was ran computers, and it was stuff you just didn't talk about then. So, and the only other family interaction we had was I worked with my mother as a waitress. We we worked. My brother was there as a waitress. So it's always been that you kind of worked with your family. Back then, that's kind of how it was. So, but nowadays, it's not that way anymore. I mean, one person owns it, and one person runs it, and then you have all kinds of other people that are working for you. But not everybody has it in them to be in a friendly atmosphere and work in a place that they like. I have, I have one employee that's been with me 26 years Another one's been with me 15 years. Um, they've all been with me a couple of years. I love having the young school kids come in. I like to train them. First of all, they don't come with bad habits. <laughs> I can train them my way. So, um, And if for them to stay and not quit after a week or two. I mean, sometimes I have a, I have a new lady that, that started working, and I'm, my customer came in, and they said, oh, we have a new employee this one came back to work today, huh? I said, "Yes, it did." I said, "That—that's our expression nowadays." Are you going to come back tomorrow? I said, because people aren't working nowadays. So, when you get them, you you hang on to them and you you deal with them as family. I mean, you're not rude to them. You you can't be rude to your employees. You just can't.
0: Mm-hmm. How does just that 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 theme of family, and not even like biological family, right. but I mean, it does include the biological family, but just the family, like, atmosphere of the staff overall, how do you think that makes the bagel bin what it is?
2: I mean, we have a lot of employees that, like David, David, he went, became a doctor, he came back, he worked for us. I mean. His whole family worked for us. Yeah. All of his brothers and sisters worked for us. And so it's neat to, like, they want to come back. They want to interact. They love us as a family. Um, They come in the back. They chat with us. Just come through the door. Hey, how are you doing?
1: And I mean, so they have to enjoy us, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Was it always like that? Or was there a certain point in in the business's life where you kind of started to see that evolve?
1: Well, after we got going and uh, the kids that we hired, um, a lot of our kids came from Mount Michael's which we really enjoyed those boys, and we were sorry. I, I, I would say to them when they were good, do you really think you want to go off to college? You know, you can make a living here. You know, come on. You've know, you got lots of bagels to eat. You don't have to worry about going hungry. You always have a bagel, and <laughs> they kind of laugh. Um, but we see them all. You know, they, they all come back, and sometimes they're like, hey, Sue, how are you? And I'm like, what, tell me which one you are. So went <laughs> off to school, and now he's an, he's an attorney. And I'm like, oh, man. He said, I know, I kind of forgot, but... Um, no, we've, we've always invited them all, all back, and, um, I mean, we sit down now, and we see their kids. They, they're bringing their kids back, and uh, it's kind of a generation after generation is coming back got their now. their kids to work for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got one lady that says, now, how old? How old? Yeah. Because she wants to work yeah. here. I said, you tell her that when she's 15, and she says, can, you, can she lie a little bit? And I said, no, 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 no. Don't get me in trouble. No, no, no. no. Now, if you're my grandchild, I can have you work at the age of three. <laughs> so... My yeah. daughter sweeps. Has <laughs> to earn her food. <laughs> That's right. She was taught: you make a mess, you start sweeping it up now, right now. <laughs> so.
0: That's really special. Yeah, yeah. So, in the midst of all this positivity, I hate to bring up a negative circumstance, but you mentioned it earlier. I think the fire is a very important moment in Bagelbin's history. Right. Obviously, negative at the moment. I'm interested to hear if there are positives that came out of it. But first, I want to go back to. January 7th, 2010, a defective oven causes a fire. The entire shop burns up. You were closed for almost a year. Just going back to that specific night, what do you remember about that night? Your emotions, where you were, just anything you remember.
2: I I know (laughs) I did too. I started tearing up. Um, I
1: I, I remember my son calling me, and I got up, and he says, Hey, Mom, and I was like... Do I have to come pick you up at a bar <laughs> because it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was in bed sleeping. He says, no. Yeah, he said, I'm just calling to tell you that um, this is my son, David. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh, you don't have to come into work tomorrow. And I said, oh, oh you boy. guys fired me. Thank you very much. No, um, just thought I'd let you know that um, the bagel bin's on fire. And I was like, what? And he says, and don't come up here because it's too cold and we'll talk to you tomorrow. I said, okay. So I hung up and I sat there for a minute. I was like... Uh, I just said, uh, went and got my clothes on. She doesn't listen very well. (laughs) (laughs) Got into the truck. That day, uh, we were, I think, like 15 below zero that day. We had a lot of snow. Had a lot of snow. And I could actually see the flames from Center Street at 120th. I saw that, and I thought, oh, my Lordy B, it's going. So when I got there, I had to kind of park away and got out and uh, found the boys. And we just sat there watching it burn, and it was so cold, so... Uh, my one son got his truck, and we parked, in. it was um, Runza's then. It was a Runza. That's next door to us now, which is now a Scooters. Uh, we sat there in the truck talking and just watching it and marveling at the firefighters and all that they were doing. And, the, you know, the talk was, so what are we going to do? What is the thought? Do we just throw the towel in and say, my son says, well, first of all, David, you didn't like those Venetian blinds anyways. So it was better that it burned down and they melted. We'll just put, you know, we'll put new ones up. And I said, okay, so we're rebuilding this, aren't we? And they go, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna rebuild it. And I said, okay, that sounds good. So.
0: So that's how the decision was made. Just right there, that yep. easy?
1: Yep, that easy. Okay. I mean, we could, and if you thought about it, you could say, yeah, just collect the insurance, no big deal. You know, and then, then we had people that were coming to us and saying, hey, I know a perfect location where you should go to build this. You should go out west where all the building is. And I was like, ah, you know, no, we're going to stay here. This is this is our neighborhood. We've grown up here. The, the bagel bin is what it was because of the people around here. We're going to stay right here. We're happiest here. Uh, and we are. I mean, we're off the beaten path. We've had people that have said, we didn't even know you were here. I said, well, we're not on Dodge Street. That's nothing you pass every day. So, no, we've been very happy being there. And um, I mean, it was it was a long haul, and we all had our, our times of moments on reflecting on everything's gone. But I said the only good thing that came, not the only thing, the one that I liked the best was, um, had a picture of my husband on the side of the refrigerator. They had that as a momentum. My, my husband had passed away, and, and the boys are like, you know, he's always watching us. You need to take that picture down. He's pointing at us. He's telling us what we have to do. I remember him cracking me in the back of the head when I was sitting there. And he said, get to work. And, but um, the picture was found unburned. Wow. Fire. My daughter-in-law, her mother, <laughs> took this picture and blew it up. Had a uh,
2: restoration. Bro- right?
1: Yeah, they restored the picture perfectly. And I said, that's just a meaning that it was meant to be rebuilt. He's giving us the okay that you can do it and you will do it. And so we did. So
2: the Leo- picture right inside the door.
0: Oh, my um, gosh. I'm getting goosebumps right yeah. oh. <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> I, will, I will say um, I was really, after the fact, after being sad and stuff, it finally gave my family some vacation time. They are some <laughs> of the hardest working people Like, my grandma, on her one day off she takes, she's always working at the Humane Society, like, volunteering there. Um, It gave them 11 months of, quote-unquote, time off. Yes, they were rebuilding and stuff, but we finally got some family time in and spent time together, and then just working together to rebuild was such a huge blessing for us. And what was nice is that all of our employees, um, we had
1: interruption insurance, so they were being paid the whole time they were off if they returned to work. And they actually came every time we called and said, hey, the tiles come in, we're going to tile the floor. They'd all come up and help us. You know, when it came time to cleaning the windows, the girls, they came up, they started cleaning the windows. They did what had to be done. They all stood behind us to to rebuild it. Customers, we had customers that would come in and they'd say, what can we do for you? We want you to get open as much as possible. What can we do for you? And we'd say, no,
2: just to stand behind us, keep checking with us, watch the Facebook." Um, yeah, that's when they first created a Facebook page yes. was like rebuild bagel bin and stuff. And, and the had-
1: boy and the boy that started it, his name was Danny Glazer. I think he's a blind boy. He was from St. Roberts. He actually started this page for us and got it going. I was like, I want to meet this kid. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who he is. He would come in all the time. So they, we got all these people in there. And I mean, we got some pictures of some of the people bringing their kids in and saying, we want to see it as it's being rebuilt and was like, come on in, open the door, come on in, not a problem. One of the boys, they they sent the gentleman from uh, Chicago with the oven that had to be put up and it had to be put up piece by piece. Well, my boys are so mechanically inclined. They let the man sit there and they put it together because they wanted to know exactly how it worked because they got to be able to repair it. And uh, one of the boys was in there and so my son was saying, hey, how would you like to come into the oven? he was like, can I? Come on And we'll have your dad take a picture of you. So here's this kid standing where the shelves are in here. The kid's now like six foot seven. <laughs> he says, I remember that day so much. I said, so do I. But um, they were all just all pleased with it. So you know, we're making everybody as happy as we really could, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Christina, you said something really interesting there, in that this unfortunate incident forced your family to take some time off. <laughs> Obviously, you guys had all worked together very closely. You'd spent a ton of time together in the bagel bin operating this, but it did having some forced time off, did that almost, like, allow you to get to know each other on a different level or just in a di- different atmosphere where you learned new things about one another?
2: I mean, when you're put in a crisis, I think you see the best out of people, hopefully. Um, I mean, we had to go through all the papers that were that,
1: in order to file for the, insur- <laughs> the insurance. So we kind of divided the boxes up so we could dry them out because they were all wet. And then we all decided on the same day, get it out of the house. The house smells like the fire. All those papers absorbed the smell of the fire. It was horrible. And, but yeah, so we all kind of got to, But we were just always together. I mean... We knew when he got up in the morning, I'd go get my coffee and I'd head up to the bagel band. It was still, you know, they're saying, but you're not working. I know, but I have to go to the bagel band. And the boys are up there and they're, they're redesigning. They have to go to the architecture to re- redesign the, the building. And they have to talk to this inspector and talk to this inspector. And um, so we just kind of divided our time up. But um, I don't know. We, I think we were still together the same as we always were.
0: Okay. Yeah. How much, I, I wasn't in I didn't get a chance to visit the bagel bin before the fire right. in 2010. How much is the design oh. now like it was before? Like how much changed? Oh, so much has changed Sounds like for a the lot. good. Yes,
2: yeah. like it was the. I still remember the black and white tile that I would hopscotch on, the green countertops it was turquoise turquoise, was turquoise. that was oh. the time of
1: David. Like, yeah, it was like the the miami vice turquoise and yeah. pink it was turquoise on top and pink border yeah. we had whiskey barrels that were holding up the countertops in the back we took all these old whiskey bar- i mean we did a lot ourselves we hung i hung the wallpaper i mean we couldn't afford to hire somebody so we just did it and uh so this time my my younger son said we're we're designing this to be the up modern part and you're going to mm-hmm. enjoy what we do to this so it was
2: and there's a lot more seating now too yeah. because it originally was in one bay but then you expanded the bakery aspect right. into the into a second bay so with the fire they were able to expand the seating area to accommodate more people right right
1: and we and we learned we learned a lot by our own education in building as to what's expected and people building up, uh, building something. Where before, my husband handled all that. I mean, it was a brand-new building. You went in, you signed your lease, you ordered everything. In. Where this time, we had to design it, and then we had to make sure it was all qualified to be put in. And I mean, we had the one time where the inspector came down, and we didn't have a, a big enough uh, air, a return air vent. And I came in, and the inspector was up there, and I, I came in, and one of the guys had said, don't go in the back. And I said, why, they said, you need to stay out, right, you're not going to like this. I'm like, what? I went in the back, and they're all like, I was like, and he was saying to him, you need to get this redone, and you need to redo this now, because we're not giving you any permit until this is done properly, and I want to know who who okayed this, and I was like, oh, so we all like, okay, and he got the name, and he headed out, and headed up to Lincoln, and There was more than once that we were trying to do something, and then we were knocked down by the inspectors. Now, this isn't coded. You're coding this wrong. The codes have changed. And at one point, we were were ready to open, and we were hoping we would open in August. Oh, that's always like a pipe dream. (laughs) So you keep working around it, and you work around it, and... um, we were all done. I had um, I had called up the fire inspector. I said, "Before you come for the final day, I want you to come in here and I want you to walk through and tell me what is it exactly we're going to need to have done." I have a, I have a notebook and I marked everything down. What what I needed printed. I needed the seating capacity done and uh, a sign put up and. I thanked him for that. I called the health department. I said, I want you guys to come in. I want you to walk through. This isn't for the inspection. This is for later. But I want to make sure we have everything. Tell me the color of the buckets. I don't want to have the wrong colored buckets. So I mean, it's all this little interesting thing. And the boys were talking to them about other things, and we thought we were right on it. And the inspector came in, and um, she said, she looked around a little bit. She says, well, you're not opening up tomorrow like you thought you were. And I was like, excuse me, mask why? I'm a Leo. I'm sorry. I'm a true Leo. Not good. So she said, "That door is too close to that door. You need to move that door." And I looked at her. Now she's been. She was our inspector the whole time. So then it made me mad. So I can't say what I said to her, <laughs> but um, I make it like that made me
2: mad. Be nice.
1: So I said to her nicely. I said, "So what you're saying to me is you want me to tear out that window, and you want me to tear out all the wiring to the exit signs." And you want me to take out that booth? And you want me to move the door how far? 11 inches. I looked at her and I said, it is not going to happen, period. And she says, well, then you're not getting your permit. And I said, "Then we'll see about this. Well, she stormed out. And I went in the back and I said, call City Hall. I want to know who the heck is in charge of this inspection thing because I want them down here now. And uh, Davis, I'm trying to remember what his first name is. He was the funniest guy ever. He came down and he said, he came in and he's got all these books. And so uh, he says, there's somebody here that needs to see me. I'm Mr. Davis from uh, Omaha city. And I said, I do. I said, we got a big problem here. And he says, well, what's your problem? Place looks pretty good. Thank you. And I said, that door is too close to that door, which there were two double doors. And then there was the exit door. And he said, he sat there looking, he's looking around. I said, they want me to start tearing out windows, moving booths. I said, we've worked on this for almost a year. We're looking to open up. We can't continue to go on not opening. This is crazy. So okay. He says, the boys wanted to see me. I said, yeah, there's something in the back too that they need to talk to. I mean, we have more sinks and bathrooms than any building has. I said, this is ridiculous. These all have to be cleaned every day. <laughs> but, um, so he came out and he was walking down the hall and so I came around as he was walking, and he was on the phone, and he's saying, oh, um, uh, Type up the uh, the opening permit for the bagel bin to open up tomorrow. I came behind him, I, I squeezed him. And he says, And somebody is squeezing me, and I have no idea why. And I was <laughs> crying. I was like, Thank you. He said, This is what we're going to do. This is a simple fix. I said, Thank you. Just tell me, I'll get it done. He said, We're going to take out one of those doors, we're going to close it and make it a window. I said, No problem. I'll have the glass guy out here today. And he says, that's all it's going to take. I said, are you kidding me? Simply just, instead of having a double door, having a single door, he said, do you you think you need two double doors to come in here? I said, no, but we always had it. He said, well, you're not going to have it now. I said, guess what? We're not going to have it. Thank you. We called them out. The next day they came out, they took it out to put the window in. We got our, our opening permit and we were able to open up I mean, it was like that was the happiest day I mean, Once you find that, you get that opening permit. And I said, going through this for a year, I feel sorry for people opening businesses because it's not as easy as they think. It's not just, I'm going to open a business and do it. It's just not.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so. It, and that is just one day <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. in this whole process. Yes. I cannot imagine what that year was like, which I'm sure made the reopening date it's oh, yeah, yeah. so incredibly special. I'm going to... So ia couple minutes ago, I made you go back and relive the memories right. from probably one of the worst days <laughs> in your life. And now I'm going to let you relive positive memories <laughs> from one of the best. What do you remember about the day when you got to reopen those doors again after almost a year of well, being closed? Well, the television
1: stations were there. Channel 7 was there, which was nice. And the people were just, like, ecstatic. And we were thinking wow, are we going to be able to handle these people? It was nothing with what we are now. I mean, everybody was there. The television station was there at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and we gave them coffee and got ready for this. And it, it was a great time. It really was. And we were all ready for it. And um, we were running out of bagels. And we were baking the, the guys, the boys were baking the bagels like crazy. And we're whipping the cream cheeses up and trying to keep everything filled up in the coolers. And at the end of the day, it was like, wow, that was a good day. It was a good day. We're back to where we were
0: before. So it was nice. Christina, what do you remember?
2: Um, i I remember eating my first bagel after not having some for a while. we We did we uh, we did the unthinkable, and we did bake off an
1: order of bagels before we were officially opened. And all the kids were there, and they came out of the oven, and
2: they're all grabbing them. And I'm like, let them cool down. They're like, oh, no, we haven't had one for so long. Because <laughs> so, yeah. I think, I think it, you had, like, a stash of frozen bagels in your freezer after the fire. And so, like, we would try to, like, go over to her house and sneak some bagels out to eat them. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... Um, It's just, it's so neat to see your family back at work and happy and... Well, sometimes we're not happy. Well, not all families get get together 100%. Yeah, it's not always rainbows and unicorns (laughs) with family. But overall, I mean, you know they have your back and they're going to do whatever they can to help you, so... Mm
0: -hmm. Was there, in that time that you had off, we mentioned how the restaurant changed a little bit um, aesthetically, Was there anything in the processes or the ways that you did things that changed that all stayed exactly the same?
1: The bagels today are made the same way with the same ingredients as they were the day we opened. We've never changed them. That's incredible. And that's why when people talk to us and they've asked us, we would said, this is the same identical product. I said, you know, at one time we did have um, some people, gentlemen working for us at night we found that's something you can't do. You can't leave them unattended. You really can't. And it's, it's it's not a shame to say, but they were changing the ingredients. And my son, David, he's got the greatest taste of buds in the world. I mean, he could, he could tell when the flour comes in and it wasn't milled properly that they'd have to come back and pick up this 1,000 pounds of flour that's here and get us a general mill because niacin wasn't put in it or something. And it just did something to the product. It, they would either be too small, they wouldn't rise, or the, the taste in it. So... We ended up, the guys decided that they would do all the measuring of all the ingredients. And they would be there when it was mixed and put in. You just don't trust it to people because you kind of see how, I mean, their intentions were good. It wasn't to, to do bad to us, but they thought it was a good idea. So we almost always have one family member at the place when there's the, the mixing of the dough. You know, the, ma- the baking, um, I don't know, JD's been with us for what Oh, my God, 25 years? I've yeah. Twenty twenty-five years. He's one of our bakers. And, um, he's, you know, it's, it's a night crew. He's he's one of the night people. He comes in, like, at 10 and 11 o'clock at night. And he works through the night, and he does the deliveries. And...
2: I don't know what he'd do if he had to work during the day.
0: <laughs> He's just too used to it. He's nocturnal at this point.
2: Well, yeah, you, you get that way. You do. Mm-hmm. And even with, like, the science, you mentioned before, with the reopening, you know, they had to do test runs to make sure the temperature was right, right. and the baking was right, you know. So that's with the science behind it.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: Now, there, we've talked almost exclusively about bagels so far, but the thing that astounded me on um, the first time I came in was how much you guys offer that isn't bagels. You do several different types of donuts, including raised and cake Cake donuts. donuts. You've got cookies. You've got cake. You've got deviled eggs. You've got all kinds of bread. You've got cinnamon rolls. You even do dog treats. Like... (laughs) I'm almost surprised you guys aren't serving, like, pizza or fettuccine Alfredo. We used to Alfredo. do that. We used oh, to, yeah. You used to do that? Yes. To, of course you did. <laughs> we
1: did kosher pizzas. For oh, that, my for the, gosh. Yeah, we did, because my son owned a piece of plates for mm. a while.
0: Right. You did mention that earlier. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did you make this determination that, yeah, we're called the bagel bin, but we're going to start selling more stuff than just bagels?
1: The customers. It was what they wanted. What they wanted us to do for them.
0: So if somebody just comes in and asks for a cinnamon roll, you you just say, "Well, well we're, we're like, going to work I'm on this until we find that one." You're
1: not doing this. And we started donuts when my husband said when we were, and I think when we originally started, if my memory recalls, it's 44 years ago, um, that we sold bagels for like 17 cents a piece. Now you're gonna make you're gonna sell you're gonna a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> to, you to sell make, a lot of bagels. That's right to make that uh, that that rent payment on your building. So he had said, if we bring them in here to buy a, a bagel, we can get them to buy a donut for the kid because they're leaving here and they're going someplace else to buy the donuts. So why don't we have the donuts here? So that's kind of what we did. We slowly started with donuts and then, and our greatest fun is, and everybody loves watching. When the kids come into the store, they run straight to the donut place. Yep. And I had a gentleman tell me one day, he said, you know, if you took those donuts and moved them up higher, you'd probably sell them better so the the parents could see them. And I said, I don't care about the parents. It's the kids. They will stand there and scream. I know one, Mm -hmm. particularly your daughter, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) (laughs) that they want their donuts. I mean, the case is full of, I call them lip prints and fingerprints because they want, they just stand there and they look at them all and they love them so much. And I had a, a customer who was on uh, Mother's Day. She came in to get donuts and By the time she came, we were cleaned out. We were totally cleaned out. And the kid was having a total meltdown. Oh, there was nothing to quiet her down. So I said, hey, would you like me to get you a cup of icing and some sprinkles? And she was like, yes. I said, you wait here. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to get this way. And I went in the back, and I scooped up some icing, and I gave a separate th- thing with the sprinkles. I brought it out. Oh my God. The light, the crying was stopped. That's all she wanted. I said, cause that's all those kids want is the sprinkles and the icing. They don't eat the donut. So, and she was happy. I mean, you just, you do what the customer wants and to keep them happy. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any, like, are there any good other, I mean, any good stories? You've told so many good stories today, <laughs> but good stories behind like a particular item, like like the dog treats or like, uh, you know, a, a long john or something where a customer came in and they were like, I really wish you had this. And you're just like, you know what, let's, let's try it. Let's do it. It would be called
1: any... the Humintoshin.
0: The hum- hamantaschen? Humintoshin. I'm know? not going to try and pronounce that again. It's, I'm going to screw it up again. It's, it's
1: Humintoshin.
0: Hamantaschen. And it's a,
1: it's a, of course, a Jewish dessert that's made during the holiday of Purim. Okay. And uh, it's shaped like a triangle. And it's called a Heyman hat. That's, why that, like, that's what the ham, it represents. And <sighs> many years and many nights we stayed up there making. And we make thousands of these by hand. And they're, they're, it's um, like a shortbread cookie. And it's got a filling in the center of it. And um, we had people that were coming in and saying, I'm surprised with you guys being kosher that you don't have hamantaschen. And it's like, oh, we don't have hamantaschen. And more would come in and like, no hamantaschen. So another bakery, and we knew him very well, and we were talking to him about it and he says, I'll come over, and I'll show you how to make them, and I said, okay, well, that was his biggest mistake. He should have just told me he wouldn't teach me how to make them, <laughs> because it came to the point to where we probably put out about three, 4,000 in a seven-day period, Wow! but I start making them like three months ahead of time, make them up, I pack them into big boxes and put them into the freezer, and... It's because that's what the customer wanted, and we, we never had leftover, we always sold out of them for that day. We would bake up and trying to get people to put their orders in so that they got what they wanted, and that was the important thing, too. So
0: that's a great yeah. story, yeah. Uh, as we run low on time here, there are okay. two questions that I want to ask you guys that I ask just about everybody who comes on this show. Uh, the first of which is, What is one thing about restaurants are working in the restaurant industry that you think most customers don't understand, but you wish that they did understand.
1: It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. And, and the people that are there working in the restaurant are doing it because they, they want to do it and they're, they're willing to give them whatever they want. I mean, I don't think they realize some people being that I was a waitress in other the New Tower Restaurant and the Prom Townhouse and Highland Country Club and you named the restaurant and I was a waitress there. Some of them don't realize what it takes for somebody to be a waitress or to work in it, that you have to give that customer all your time and you need to make them happy because otherwise they're not going to come back and that's not the whole thing. So some people just figure, hey, this is your job, no big deal, just do it. What's your problem? Yeah, why, why is this cold? And Well, be nice to the, to the server and they'll take care of it. If you're not nice to them, they'll probably do something to your food. That you're
0: not gonna want.
1: <laughs> but it's, I don't, I don't think most people understand the restaurant business. They just understand it as a place to go. I mean, they'll complain about, okay, we, we raised our prices recently. We had no other choice. Everyone has. To well, that's right. It, yeah. And I mean, some of our prices went up 25 cents. And one of my guys was like, really? I can understand you're raising the coffee price that you raised your long john 25 cents. And it's like, Really? Well, this lady was telling me. She says, "I'm going to tell you something." She says, "We went to Runza Hut. My husband and I. We had our dinner It Cost us thirty-seven dollars." I was like, "At Runza Hut, really?" And she said, "Really." I said, "Well, then we're not so bad off either. We ought to start raising our <laughs> prices they, they they don't understand if a cost goes up, why it goes up, and especially nowadays, you know, we're all I don't care all the food businesses are in in this. Well, basically, I think any manufacturer is having the problem with, with their cost because everything's gone up, mm-hmm. I think. And so we just all have to pay it whether we like it or
2: not. It's not to get rich, it's to keep our doors open, you know, to exactly keep the cost of those ingredients and staff mm-hmm. there. So And they don't realize
1: that we're we're in the we're in the the middle of the United States. That doesn't mean you can get everything Mm -hmm. you need. I mean, we had a customer that said she was sorry to say she would not return because of the cost of the locks that we raised it. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. If I tell you that we had to buy every slab of locks we found around here in console bluffs to keep our supply up, we have to raise it. Well, it's ridiculous. So I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And what made me laugh is that her father, who is still alive and he comes up, owned a grocery store in Iowa. Now- He knows darn well that when your canned goods go up, the price goes up. I don't care. I mean, it didn't even make sense when she was saying this. I was looking. I was like, it doesn't even make sense. So, yeah. So
0: That's definitely something I think now more than ever to, to be understanding of. And I think a lot of restaurants have done a very good job of being transparent on social media and saying, like, fryer oils like three times as expensive as it was a year ago these these products just simply aren't available to us like we physically cannot get them and serve them to you and if we do that our prices are exorbitant so we have to raise them a little bit for you so i think people just having that understanding it's difficult but yes it's so important if they work in an office and they're working with this they don't understand what goes on behind it
1: one lady was talking to me, oh, I, we have our little Mahjong group. We have a couple of little Mahjong groups that come in with the ladies, which are really cute. It's kind of like our, our older gentlemen that that come, and I always laugh. And I go, well, that's the Kiwanis, and that's the Rotary Club, and they're they old business guys, you know, and they come and they hang with it. And we were talking, and I said, look, I said, let me explain something to you. I said, I have a 5 gallon bucket of honey in the back. I said, we used to pay $65 for that bucket of honey. It's now over four hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! And they're like, "What?" I said, "Yes." So I said, "That's what you take and you go like this, and you squirt it all over your bagel." You don't understand what the cost of it really is. I said, "It's just that little thing." I said, "How much? How much for a little the little fat teddy bear with the honey in it?" One lady says, "I should, I think I paid twelve dollars for mine." I said, "Exactly." And years ago, it was never that you just didn't think about it.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'll get you guys out of here on a more positive note. Okay. And I'm sure you've answered this. The, the answer to this question has probably come up two or three times during this conversation already. But just to put a nice bow on it, okay. <laughs> what's your favorite part about being a part of the restaurant industry?
1: The people we've met. I mean, if we had moved here from another city or something to take time and try to meet your, your, just your neighbors, I've met everybody's neighbors. I've got them coming back. I mean... I I walk out there on Sunday, cleaning off the tables and collect, and we just talk. We talk about who's this? Oh, where are you from? How long are you in town for? It's great, and they're like we come here first thing, and we love this place. And talk about their husbands and who's in the hospital now, and so I know most of them and who have lost their partners, and they're like family to us because we know them by name. You know, we, we watch them when they're, walk, when they're getting out of their car. If, if they've got a cane, one of the girls will run to the door, open the door for them to make sure they get in okay or they get out to their cars. And It's just getting to know all the people. I mean, I go in to go shopping, and I run into all my customers. I go to PT, and there's half of my customers, and they're <laughs> like, hey, you guys are in here too. <laughs> so that's just what it is. You're not a stranger, and they're not a stranger.
0: Yeah. We love it. Christina, same answer or something different? <laughs>
2: Again, it's the customers, but even when I'm out doing my day job, um, I'll mention the bagel bin and I get so many sweet reactions from people of like, oh my gosh, I love that place. I've gone there for years or, you know, it's just the impact in the community um, is amazing to see um, with our family business. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think that's the perfect way to just put a nice little bow on this conversation. Thank this you. has been Thank you. such a Thank pleasure you. getting to, to meet you both yeah. and... <laughs> Just hear just the rich, fun stories that are associated (laughs) with this place. And I know we just scratched just a tiny bit of the, you know, that giant iceberg full of stories and insights that you guys have. But I thank you so much for taking the time out on your day off. (laughs) On oh. one of your few days off to come in and give some time to this podcast, it truly means a lot. Thank you. Well,
1: it's for the business, so it's like, what the heck? Why not? <laughs> you have to do it. If one of my help didn't come in and I had to go to work, I'd go into work and just work at the store for him. So, uh, yeah, but thank you very much. It was nice meeting you, and uh, now I know what a podcast is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has just been a great day all around. Well, great. Omaha, thanks for eating with us.
1: Ahudat Media Production.